Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished entrepreneur from Orange County, California, USA, and a fellow YPO member, Mr. Rajiv Kapoor. Rajiv, welcome to the show. Hi, Ashutosh. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you. Privilege. Thank you. Rajiv is the CEO of 1105 Media, which is a provider of B2B marketing events and media services. He's a guest contributor to CNBC. He's an author. And all of you know that I'm very partial to authors. He's an author of a book titled Chase Greatness, Enlightened Leadership for the Next Generation of Disruption. He's also got a unique skill, which is as a screenwriter, he's, a, he's an accomplished screenwriter, and he's a fellow member of the YPO. So Rajiv, after such an incredible journey, let me start by asking you about your journey from a professional manager to an entrepreneur. What did you do right? You know, I think that I think I did three things really right. The first thing I did, Ashutosh, was that I took risks uh-huh. in my career. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That was number one. Yeah. I'll give you an example. So in my book, I write about how one day uh, we got the phone call saying, hey, Rajiv, we want you to move to China. This was from Michael Dell mm-hmm. saying, Rajiv, we want you to move to China. Mm-hmm. And we're here, in, we're here in Southern California. Why am I going to go to China? Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you, you trust and you believe and you, you take that risk, you take that leap. And this was back in 2000 mm-hmm. before the world moved to China. So, mm-hmm. so I think the most important thing is you got to be able to take risks in your, just in your life and your career. And, you gotta, and so and you got to bet on yourself. Yep. That's, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is I surrounded myself with amazing mentors, friends, colleagues, everybody from fellow YPO members mm-hmm. to close friends to people at work who I still call friends, mentors, guides. Many people, like for example, were quoted in my book, mm-hmm. are all mentors, friends, and guides that I've had. And, and number three is I always wanted to make sure that I was never the smartest person in the room. Okay. You know, because when you're the smartest person in the room, Ashutosh, mm-hmm. people always defer to you. You They become yes men, yes women. And the chance for you personally to grow and for your business to grow stagnates. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to surround yourself with really, you know, you, even in the workplace, make sure you're not the smartest person in the room. And for me, that's pretty easy not to be the smartest person in the room. So, 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 so that, I would say that those are the three yeah. things that really can help me grow in my career. Mm. Well said. And that's a new learning for me today from you, which is don't be the smartest person in the room because then everyone will be just looking to you and become yes men or yes women, as you say. Well said. So, uh, you know, let's now move on to your journey as uh, from a professional uh, and you worked for Dell and then you became an entrepreneur. Uh, and yet, you know, as you mentioned, you went to China. So that must have been a very entrepreneurial experience. But tell me a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur. So, you know, it's been it, it's been rather interesting. You know, it, it's been an experience. It's, it's been a journey that's had success. And it's a journey that had failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a journey that's allowed a couple of exits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a journey that has brought a world of, of uh, life lessons. It's a journey that's allowed me to work in over 20 countries, you know, around the world. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you that the areas that, that, that I feel like I've learned the most, mm-hmm. the area where I feel like I learned the most mm-hmm. is when I had my failure. Okay. 
And to me, that was probably the most intense overall journey because there's you know, nothing speaks experience like having to pull yourself up and wake up in the morning after knowing that your baby, something you really tried to build, just wasn't going to work. And in my case, it happened in 2008 when the great economic collapse happened on a global mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it was hard. It, it took me a couple of years. It, you know, we had to bootstrap the business. We tried to bootstrap the business. Mm-hmm. It took me a couple of years to say no uh, or, and, and to finally walk away. And I finally did. And I finally did with the help of my, of my of fellow YPO members and family and other people. And so it, it's, it was really about being able to understand, here I am a professional manager growing up through the rank, growing within the ranks of Dell. Mm-hmm. You know, joining and helping to in, in, in being an investor and building out an e-commerce company that did very well. Yeah. That did well. And then from there, going to that startup in the clean tech space in 2008, which just failed miserably. And, you know, in business and in life, timing is everything. Correct. And I think this is the ultimate timing story. I think if I launched that business today, it probably would do really well. But, you know, I've got, but I've moved on and done other things. So, so that happened. So that, that, that stopped things for about three years in terms of the journey, but you learn so much. And I tell people all the time, when you fail, when you face challenges, mm-hmm. you're not starting from zero. You're starting mm-hmm. from experience. And that experience is so valuable. Like I prefer to hire people who have gone through challenge. I mm-hmm. prefer to hire people who took that risk. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want those types of people on my team. I want those types of people behind me. I mm-hmm. want those types of people who are gonna help see that journey because they understand what it takes, okay. right? Okay. And then from there, it took another step with uh, partnering with a VC mm-hmm. where we built a company out of Switzerland and mm-hmm. that did well and that got sold. Mm-hmm. And now working closely with PE and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and helping them on, on this roll-up effort, that that strategy that they employed, and that they asked me to help take to the next level, mm-hmm. which has been an absolutely an amazing experience. And I surrounded myself with an amazing, amazing management team, and mm-hmm. and we have the most amazing culture. And Ashutosh, mm-hmm. let me tell you something. And I'm and I don't want to jinx it, right? So I got to put the kalatika or whatever yeah. I got to do, right? So mm-hmm. you, you know, right now the world is seeing a great resignation happening all over the world, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what my Attrition rate is, you know, how many, you know how many employees I've lost in the last five months? Mm-hmm. Only one. Amazing. And that's because we spent so much time and effort building an amazing, amazing culture. And I'm so proud of my team. So it's a lot, a lot of peaks and valleys, but you, you learn from those failures, you learn from those experiences. And that, that's what I would tell you is my. Uh, Fascinating. So let me, let me uh, use your last comment of one person lost on the great resignation as my segue to the next question, which is that given work from home, given the great resignation, given the fact that you built several companies, work for large companies, and the reality of the pandemic, if you were to build a team in the current circumstances, what is the kind of people you would want to bring on board? Great question. And and I think part of that I answered, which is I want people that have demonstrated resilience in their career. Mm-hmm. Right. I want people that have demonstrated gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, Satya Nadella, who mm-hmm. we both know very yeah. well, mm-hmm. has said the number one reason why he was able to take on the Microsoft role and reform Microsoft was because of gratitude. OK, so gratitude and resilience. Mm-hmm. I then look for people that have demonstrated empathy in our forums, in our forums at YPO. What do they teach yeah. you? Listen big. Correct. Listen big. 
So empathy, how did you demonstrate empathy? Number four is accountability. Show me how you demonstrated accountability in your life, in your career, personally and professionally. You know, and then finally, transparency. You know, the, the, the right now, because of the great resignation, because everybody's working from home, your ability to communicate with your employee base and be transparent and be open and direct with them on what's happening is going to be absolutely critical to building that amazing culture that you want to build. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really exciting. And so, and that's actually, those are the five traits that led me to write the book. Amazing. Amazing. And, you know, now again, drawing a comparison between your world as, uh, as the YPO says, a hired gun and uh, as an entrepreneur, there is a very big difference between scaling up an existing business and building or scaling up a new business. You've done both. So I'd love to get your views on what are some of the key differences when you look at people, competencies, experiences, and what do you need to be mindful of? Well, from a people's perspective, obviously, if you're in the process of doing a startup, it would be mm-hmm. nice to have people who understand how a startup moves. Correct. Right. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. But I think number two is important to understand that in a startup environment, mm-hmm. you're going to be asked to do everything. Correct right? You have to learn how to scale up. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, getting that revenue going, scaling up that business is going to be mm-hmm. more important than driving profitability in the business. Because mm-hmm. if you're growing, you're going to be able to attract more VC money, whatever the case might be, and they'll continue to fund you. You'll have enough cash. So mm-hmm. maintain your cash flow, maintain your cash positions. You know, walk, you know, you know, keep having your burn rate going, you know, mm-hmm. you know don't go crazy, but you know, just make sure it's respectful. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, those are the two key things you want to make sure, right? It's in, in this, that flexibility that you want to make sure you have in that team. Right. But the other thing to remember and realize is that typically in a startup, especially in the early days of a startup, mm-hmm. you have to have really tough skin. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to handle the stress and the pressure and the sleepless nights to deal mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to be able to make, carve out an hour for yourself to go exercise, meditate, go do and take care of yourself. Yes. In that process. Otherwise, you're going to get stressed out because, you know, at the end of the day, it's very difficult to make a big mistake in a startup and maybe survive. Mm -hmm. But in a company that might be established, that might be PE backed, that maybe it's a family office and they want you to come in and run it. Mm -hmm. You know, for there, it's the foundation is placed. It's Mm -hmm. now asking, how can you scale up beyond the foundation? How can you think differently? And, and the quote I like to tell people is that normally in PE family type offices mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. or established public companies or private companies, mm-hmm. most companies fail not because they do the wrong thing. They fail because they did the right thing for too long. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes. that's what's important. Right. Mm-hmm. We all know the story of Blockbuster and all yeah. these different things. Right. So so that's what's really critical. Right. So in a startup you got to be able to move fast. You got to be able to have thick skin. You got to figure out, you know, you, you got to understand and realize that you only might get one or two mistakes and a more established business. You might get maybe five or six mistakes, mm-hmm. but it's still important to make sure you figure out how to keep innovating on a daily basis. That's it. And not just your team, not just your culture, but your mm-hmm. products, your customers right. and making sure Ashutosh, I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. The number one thing I learned, my biggest mm-hmm. lesson, probably lesson I learned during the pandemic was if I decided I'm going to treat my 
my employees as my internal customer. Mm-hmm. That was my number one pivot shift I did. Mm-hmm. So now I make sure that my, inter- I do everything I can to make sure that my internal customer is taken care of. Cause if they are, they're going to take care of the external customer. Interesting. So one more question regarding uh, entrepreneurship and uh, your journey before I move to your screenwriting and your book. Uh, one of the things that often is said, uh, Rajiv, is that uh, the large companies are not able to move as fast as startups do. And yet the, the large companies seem to be growing from strength to strength. So what are some of the important things that large companies need to do to be able to handle the new market dynamics, you know, which is uh, digital, omni-channel, and all the social media things, direct to consumer, and so on and so forth. So look, I, it kind of goes back to what I said, right? They have to be careful they don't get stale. So what they need to do, what they have to do is start carving out KPIs or OKRs mm-hmm. to be able to stand up and, and, and present. And every team needs to be able to say, this is where we see the future going. Mm-hmm. This is the innovation we want to see. And then have a three-year blue ocean strategy. And I call it the blue ocean strategy yeah. based on the book, the blue ocean strategy mm-hmm. to be able to look at and understand how can they differentiate themselves from the competition? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to, you have to make that part of the overall business plan of what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. You have to constantly be looking at your three-year plan, your three-year strategy roadmap, your three-year right. three innovative map, what you want to do. You need to bring in the best speakers, People have done this, done mm. these things. For example, you know, last week I was at the YPO Converge Conference in Miami, yep. which was followed by the Bitcoin Conference. Mm. And there were tens of thousands of people there. Mm. And just being able to learn what's happening in that space, mm. was able to go back and take it back to my team. We don't do anything in that. We're not going to use Bitcoin, but mm. we do a lot mm. of tech media right now. Yeah. And to go back to my team and say, look, we have to be able to look at these things. Mm-hmm over on a group that's been pretty skeptical. So we have to keep learning. So you have to keep learning. You have to keep evolving. You have to keep adapting. So making sure if you don't have a dedicated team, Mm. a strategy team, you need to create a strategy team that's looking three to five years out in the future, because I can guarantee you your competition is. And so one of the things I tell my team is Mm. that I want every year, I want a third, I want us to try to acquire anywhere from 20 to 30% new customers okay. because we always have a we always have a customer attrition. Mm-hmm. So we want to keep make sure we're filling that funnel. And then how do we keep selling more? We have to understand their share of wallet mm-hmm. and how we can keep being innovative to grab more of that share of wallet. Mm-hmm. But all that boils down to the CEO, the board looking at that and asking the question, mm-hmm. what is our three-year plan? How are we being innovative? Mm-hmm. How, how are we going to handle the change in blockchain and AI and okay. robotics, Correct. right? I mean, think about it right now. In the next five to 10 years, mm. you know, let's back up. In the next three years, the majority of the workforce is going to be Gen Z and millennial. And Correct. in that group, it's going to be women, okay? Mm. But AI is also going to be a, a big part of the workforce. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting here is that, and I, and, and I don't necessarily agree with Mark Zuckerberg on a lot, but I do agree with this. A lot of the jobs in the future are going to come from the creative side of the house. Mm-hmm. So in creativity is all about innovation, being mm. different because mm. AI and robots, they can't do that. Mm. And so that's where the real big opportunities are going to come. So mm. making sure you keep your eye on that is going to be yeah. absolutely critical. Mm. Fascinating. So right now let's, let's move to another part of a conversation, which is let me ask you about your book, Chase Greatness, Enlightened Leadership for the Next Generation of Disruption. 
before I ask you about the book, is it available on Amazon and other it platforms? Is. Okay, so Amazon, ask... Goodreads, yeah, Amazon, Goodreads, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners to go and check out the book. I've got a copy of the book that you very kindly sent to me, and Rajiv can show it to us also. There we are. Right Wonderful. Terrific. Great. So uh, we're going to check this book out, but now tell me a little bit about the book and your hypothesis for writing it. So Ashutosh, uh, again, I really appreciate this platform. You know, as I mentioned, that over the next three years, the majority of the workforce is going to be Gen Z millennial. And yeah. in that group, it's going to be women. Mm. And when you look at that group, mm. one of the things that has to change mm. is us. You and I have to change. Correct. Not them. Mm -hmm. We, we, they're coming. I spoke to the head, of, I spoke to the dean at USC, Dean Garrett. He's the guy that built Wharton. Mm -hmm. He's the new dean at USC University, Southern California. And he looked at me when I showed him the book and he said, Rajiv, it's interesting because what you talked about is just going to happen. And there's nothing that I can do to stop it. You can mm -hmm. do to stop it. Mm -hmm. Bill Gates can do to stop it. Elon Musk can do to stop it. It's all going to happen. Mm -hmm. And the hypothesis is essentially this, mm -hmm. is that the upcoming generation requires companies to have a purpose and a passion beyond the bottom line of the business. Correct. So what does that mean? Now, before all your readers say, oh my God, that's nonsense. And mm -hmm. it's all about profit, blah, blah, blah. I'm here to tell you, and it's in the book, and the statistics show that according to Goldman, and you know that the companies, I'm sorry, according to McKenzie, that companies that lead mm -hmm. with a passion and have a purpose have a seven to 10% better bottom line than those that don't. Mm -hmm. Companies that focus on building a winning culture mm -hmm. have less turnover and attrition than those that don't. And so in my research, in my studies, in, in writing the book, I found that three years ago, turnover in the US alone was costing US companies $32 billion. Wow. Today, it's causing companies over $150 billion. Mm -hmm. Gen Z and millennial would rather not come to work mm -hmm. if they're not happy and following a company that's got passion and purpose. But within that passion and purpose purview, they want two other things. They want CEOs, okay, who understand the idea of freedom, flexibility, and autonomy mm -hmm. in the work. Okay. And we do that at 1105 Media. I do okay. that. Okay. So for me, whether the work gets done at two o'clock in the afternoon or at 10 o'clock at night, get the work done. Well said. Okay, I understand that. And everybody, 90% of my workforce works from home. Of my 140 employees, 90% work from home. Amazing. And we've had two amazing years. And this year, we're going to have a record year as well. We're going to have three amazing years in a row. Mm. And so we understand the idea of freedom, flexibility, and autonomy. Mm. So that's number one they want. Mm -hmm. Number two is they want their CEOs because they don't trust politicians anywhere. Mm -hmm. They don't trust Trump. They don't trust Biden. They don't trust Modi. They don't yeah. trust anybody. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. They want, they want to trust their CEOs mm. and they want their CEOs to focus on what I call the Jedi. Mm. So I don't mean to bring a star Wars reference, yeah. mm -hmm. but they want the Jedi. They want companies that are going to focus on social justice, environment, Mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion, justice, environment, environment, diversity, inclusion. That's Jedi. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So if you can do, if you can understand that your workforce in the next three years is going to be radically different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you can accept and understand, and realize that your employees are going to want yeah. freedom, flexibility, and authority, yeah. and if you can focus on the Jedi, yeah. that is how you become an enlightened leader. Wonderful. And that to me, and that's why I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. And because there's a big disruption that's going to, that is going to happen over the next 36 months. Mm-hmm. There are three things happening all at once that have never happened in the history of the world mm-hmm. in business. Number one is you have this massive technology and industrial revolution taking place mm-hmm. in front of our eyes. Correct. Right. AI, IoT, robotics. You have amazing technology in healthcare and mm-hmm. mapping the genome and people living longer. Mm-hmm. Ashutosh, my grandkids may live to 150 because of the technology that's coming out in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. right? Autonomous driving cars, whatever it might be. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that's happening. Yeah. The other thing that's happening is because of the fact that more and more people are working from home and they want that flexibility. Mm -hmm. You've seen more and more startups in the last 12 to 18 months than you've had in the history of the world combined. Mm -hmm. And you've seen so many side hustles get created. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is that a lot of Gen Z and millennial all over the world mm-hmm. feel like they have to have double income in order to be able to afford a house, Correct. to be able to support and raise children. Mm. So that's what, so, so that's happening. So you're seeing a huge creativity launch because now you can work for a company in the day, mm-hmm. have an amazing art background and create some amazing artwork. And you could be in India, you can mm-hmm. be in Rotak, India mm-hmm. and create some amazing artwork and sell it to somebody in New York via mm-hmm. Instagram. Very interesting. interesting. Right. So you're going to have this. So you have the technology revolution, industrial revolution. You have this Mm -hmm. explosion in creativity. Mm -hmm. And then you have the younger generation all coming together at the same time. Mm -hmm. And Ashutosh, I'm telling you, I guarantee you this. I guarantee you, your listeners, this. I don't care if you're in India, Bangalore, Singapore, Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, Paris. If you do not change your leadership style, Mm -hmm. If you don't take a more enlightened approach to how you lead teams, Mm -hmm. you will fail. You will hands down fail as a business in the next five to 10 years. Very interesting. Very, very interesting perspective. And that's why I wrote the book. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, And Raji, my last question to you, uh, and this is about your journey as a screenwriter. Tell me what got you started and tell us a little bit about one one of the things that you may have written. So... Well, I've written only one major thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I probably have a lot of notes for a lot of other things, but I've written yeah. one major screen uh, screenplay. Uh-huh. So after, so as I was writing the book, mm-hmm. when, when I finished writing the book, they always tell you, and you, you've written books, what do they tell you? Put the book away. Mm-hmm. Stop writing. Mm-hmm. Put it away for a couple months. So I did that, mm-hmm. but I needed something to do. And so I said, all right, well, I've had this idea for a screenplay. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the treatment. Mm-hmm. And then one day when I was talking to my book editor, I said, hey, do you know anybody who knows how to take a treatment? Mm-hmm. And by the way, a treatment is a summary of, you know, of, of the movie. Mm-hmm. And so can you, how do I take it from a treatment and turn it into a full screenplay? Mm-hmm. And because I bought the software, I just didn't know how to do the small thing. Like as Rajiv talks to Ashutosh, there was a map of the world sitting behind Ashutosh as they were mm-hmm. talking. I didn't know how to, you know, you have to do all those small mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. You have to write all, every detail. Yeah. I didn't know how to structure that. So I asked him for help and he trained me on how to use the software. And so I wrote the screenplay and it's a, it's a kind of a, it takes place a couple hundred years in the future. Uh It's a, it's a uh, superhero meets 
a dystopian future, okay. you know, meets us, uh, meets a, a world where uh, it's, a, it's a, real, a real challenging global crisis. And wow. so, so it, it was a lot of fun to write it. It was amazing. Uh, uh, we're making some tweaks to it right now. We've had a couple of meetings with a major streamer mm-hmm. um, that they've asked for some uh, some some changes and then uh, we're right now in the process of working and trying to get some production companies you know to uh, to package it together so it's been a lot of fun it's been a hell of a ride and you know it's, it's been great for me it's all you know I was born and raised right outside of Hollywood mm-hmm. so for me that this is kind of a dream come true so let's see where amazing. it goes amazing well good luck to you good luck to you but Rajiv on that note uh, and on your note of on your comment of the Jedi, which is justice, equality, diversity, and inclusion. And that's an amazing piece of advice to every senior leader, because if they don't get these four factors, then as you say very rightly, the younger generation may not want to work for them. Thank you for so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about your incredible journey from a professional to an entrepreneur. Thank you for sharing your wisdom on so many different topics. Uh, you know, relating to entrepreneurship, about your own journey, about your book, and very interestingly, about your journey as a screenwriter. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck. Ashtosh, and thank you for creating this wonderful platform to give a voice to many people. Thank you so much. My honor. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.